Uh, hi, my name is Chris uh, with ProTip, and we're here with Peter Lay today talking about his experience as a martial artist. Um, hi, Peter. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about it. Uh, and I was going to start with just a really easy question. If you could tell us a little bit about kind of yourself and what started you on your martial arts journey. Yeah, so uh, I've been doing martial arts and combat sports for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I would say like over 10 years and in much of that, uh, there's been like a lot of coaching and things like that, which is pretty apt for pro tip. Um, yeah. Yeah. You said you were doing a bit of coaching yourself and helping folks with fight prep and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. started off doing like traditional martial arts. So this yeah. really came out of being a fan of different martial arts movies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Watching like Kung Fu movies with my brother. So we signed up for Kung Fu. Um, okay. And I remember my first sparring session. I mean, it was back in the days where like the training didn't really match like the, the intended outcome. Yeah, right? right. Yeah. So we did a lot of forms. Some... We did a lot yeah. of uh, like non-compliant or very like low resistance drills. And I remember doing yeah. my first sparring session. And I got wrecked. Um, oh no! Yeah, yeah. And and it was like not a surprise. Like I was just like, okay, like clearly I wasn't prepared for this. So, right. Um, I I uh, went to college, and from there I kind of picked my martial art that I was more interested in. Um, yeah. So, I, so you said, I, yeah, go ahead. You started in kung fu, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. And so I I kept doing some traditional stuff, but. Um, when I got to college, I was trying out uh, a lot of different martial arts, like kickboxing and jujitsu, and I was really interested in those as well. Yeah. Um, so I gravitated towards like striking um, pretty naturally. Um, started doing MMA. Um, yeah. Uh, Sanda type things, and uh, eventually, like, kind of uh, started focusing more on striking so now i i basically just practice muay thai yeah yeah i think that's i just was my love of <laughs> muay thai is that i just really enjoy this the striking uh i did say some jujitsu as well but yeah I, I felt like same i really gravitated towards muay thai um but they're quite different sports and i totally get your point about how some other martial arts maybe don't necessarily prepare you for like actual sparring or you know competition i did a little aikido when i was younger and i remember it didn't translate as well into like a competition experience i feel like muay thai is such a a good striking sport because it's like a, a proper ring sport you know mm -hmm. um, do you sort of have a like a favorite among them i mean it sounds like maybe you were saying muay thai yeah i would say um muay thai and mma were the ones that i was really more into um yeah. I think like with all of them, I have like a very different experience. Like with some of my, uh, my earliest coaching experience was for like more of the traditional martial arts. So yeah, it's so important and impactful for me overall. Um, but definitely like the most rewarding training came from the combat sports. Um, there's yeah. just so much to learn. It's, you get like a lot of very clear feedback, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, that's for sure. 
Um, and then, so it sounds like you've trained at probably a few different gyms over, over your martial arts career. Um, I was kind of curious about maybe what gym, some gyms you've liked and also how do you pick a gym and what do you look for in a gym? I know I hear from a lot of people who are starting martial arts and they're really unsure how to know if a new gym is, is, you know, any good or how they kind of decide. It's kind of curious what you, what you look for in a gym. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I, I trained a lot at college and those are actually like student run clubs. Um, and so that was an interesting experience, uh, which is like very different from going to look for like a professional gym. Um, but I think looking for a gym, I wanted some of those vibes where it's like uh, a pretty friendly, um, friendly vibe with people that you can get along with. Um, yeah, I feel like if you're going to get in a ring and spar with somebody you gotta be able to trust them (laughs) yeah um so like you know people around my age always helped um yeah um as far as like the more like uh what do i look for when i go to a gym um i really look at like a coach's resume and that's not necessarily a fight record but um more of just like where they trained um, I'll kind of like dig through social media. Uh, there wasn't as yeah. much back in the day, but um, I'll look for training footage and things like that. And if I like their style of um, like communication or the content that they teach, I'll be really into it. Yeah, kind of um, get the vibe of the gym that way. Yeah, I, I know a lot of the gyms that I've been to will do like one week trials, which is a nice way to get a feel for kind of the, the culture of the gym. Mm-hmm. So it's like coaches' credentials um whatever culture they have um yeah a curriculum and content of their teaching and and like cleanliness like there's some gyms i've been to that are like pretty good but they're just they smell really bad or they're very unsanitary and i i yeah i experienced that i I was at a a gym i won't name that was early days and very small and i remember the building was so small and humid that you basically have like sweat dripping from the roof during like heavy training and it was just gross <laughs> yeah but as far as gyms that i've really enjoyed um like i enjoy my main gym which is actually one of the first combat sports gyms i visited which is perfect jiu-jitsu in northern Virginia. okay yeah um so i i was attracted to that gym because of their mma program specifically i saw that the coach uh bill he's who's one of my uh, big, you know, martial arts role models, role models in general. Yeah. Um, he had Sanda experience and I was really interested in that style. I think prior, um, because, um, Kung Fu has like the combative component in mainland China, uh, which is yeah. Sanda or San Shao, which is, uh, more or less kickboxing with wrestling. Um, and so I thought it was really cool that he had that unique background. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like you see that as much, uh, the Sando and the Sanda and the Sancho. I don't think you see as much available. At least I haven't seen it much in the West Coast right. uh, here. Um, but I did meet a few guys who were doing, I think, to a Sancho. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it seemed like it was similar. Maybe the pacing is a bit different. And yeah, I guess the you actually do ground fighting as well. Is that right? Um, there's no ground fighting, but there's more takedowns allowed okay. in Muay Thai. Like you can yeah. do double legs and, and things like that. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 And, uh, outside of, outside of Fairfax Jiu Jitsu, I would say, um, 
I mean, I've traveled all over the world and visited various gyms. I, yeah. I liked uh, training in Thailand at Sichuan Po. Um, I liked um, some of the gyms I went to in Japan and Taiwan. Um, so I, it's almost like I can describe what I dislike more than I. What yeah. I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's interesting. How was training in Thailand? Um, pretty good. Um, I haven't done like uh, my my ideal like couple months or years in Thailand, but definitely right. like the average level of everyone is a lot higher. I imagine, um, yeah. The environment is different because, like in the U.S., you're training in an environment where there's like probably one or two coaches. Like there's like a lesson. Um, everyone's like expected to be there for like only an hour or two and then go home right. to their normal life. Um, but everyone in Thailand is like either they've been, they were a former fighter, they're a fighter or they're like a huge hobbyist or nerd or like yeah. potential fighter who's visiting Thailand. So you probably get pretty, pretty high skill levels across the board. Uh, high skill levels or and or like high commitment, which is yeah. a big deal. Yeah, I'm sure a lot a higher level of athleticism. I know uh, just from my experience with my gym and with coaching, you know, I'd have students who were, you know, like you said, coming in for an hour and get a little workout and go home, you know, mm -hmm. versus folks who are, you know, training mornings and nights and, you know, five days a week. Uh, yeah, I, I think like the probably the biggest difference is just like, when you're training Muay Thai in Thailand, unless you're like partying and stuff too, like um, everyone is there, like focusing on Muay Thai. Like that's why they're at the gym. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas in the US, like even if you have a high skill level or a uh, high, uh, good athletes there, like you're just like, there's more distractions. So for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> um, let's see. I'm going to ask you a bit about coaching um so you said you do some coaching yourself and obviously you've worked with a bunch of coaches uh, i was wondering what it is that you think makes someone like a really great coach mm -hmm. yeah so i think great coaches like they have a vision of um like what they want to teach and they have like the means to communicate that vision to to their mm -hmm. students um so whether or not like um they really care about having a fight team or they are max into like the technique or they want to build an environment where like you know um either it's it's like a fun environment or like a very um like serious environment it's it's like their intent is there um yeah. and they have like a plan um, I really think those people tend to be more successful. Um, there's a lot of coaches I've seen that were like good fighters or good athletes or whatever, but they're not very good at coaching. Um, yeah, I guess it doesn't always translate. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes um, they kind of just run through exercises or drills or the, the training structure that they were given, but they yeah. don't really know the intent behind those things. So it's limiting that way. Um, yeah. yeah. And then like general communication skills and 
knowing like what a fighter or a student or customer in general, like what they need or what they want. Um, yeah. Um, so I was curious about maybe some of coaches that have been kind of the biggest influence for you. If you've had mm-hmm. any of that kind of stand up. Yeah. Um, my MMA coach, Bill, was definitely a big standout. Like I spent a lot of time with him. Um, he's a very technical guy, a very verbal, um, tough love, that sort oh, of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which like I can respond to very well. Now some, some people don't respond to that. Um, yeah. and, but he's able to kind of switch modes if uh, that's the case. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. My current Muay Thai coach, Matt, um, he's very dedicated to Muay Thai. Um, and there's been like a number of people that I've recognized as very good coaches, um, but I haven't like worked that much with them. Right? Yeah, I see. So one of my, actually one of my biggest influences for coaching uh, is a guy that probably doesn't even know my name, but I've been okay. to a bunch of, um, uh, not a bunch, but a couple of jujitsu seminars. Um, yeah, by Andrew Smith, who is a jujitsu coach from Richmond, Virginia, and wow. just the way that he put together his seminars was very professional, very put together, very cohesive and comprehensive. And I was like, "Wow!" Like he's got all the bases covered. So yeah, I mean, aspire to that. Oh, that's um, great. Some other coaches, um, Barry Robinson, who is like a boxing MMA coach. He's uh, controversial online. And, oh, um, yeah. He's actually uh, banned me from his Patreon gym. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's because he has very high standards, um, okay. very, very specific standards. But yeah, um, he's one of the only coaches talking about base positioning um those sorts of things that you hear more in the jujitsu and grappling realm uh, but applied to striking so interesting i find that very interesting um that informs a lot of the way i coach now oh that's awesome um kind of moving through some more questions here but uh i think you really hit on all of the coach stuff um so i'm gonna switch into a little bit about competition so you you do you've competed you you said you you fight um, a couple times a couple of amateur fights yeah okay yeah and then how uh, well I'm kind of curious about a bunch of things like was that something when you got into martial arts that you were curious about uh, competing to start with or is it kind of something you decided to do after you started training um, more of the latter I think um, I'm more kind of about the personal development and learning more than necessarily the fulfillment from competition. Yeah. Um, I did compete because I, I recognized that I was only going to develop a certain aspect of my game through higher intensity stuff. Right. Yeah. So I'm, it's such a I'm huge not mental aspect to stepping into a ring. Right. Um, so, and also in, in preparing other fighters and stuff, it's important to have done a little bit yourself at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm not <laughs> right. So I'm not a huge competitor myself, yeah. but um, yeah, I've been through some fights, and they're I they're very good experiences overall. So yeah. So when you were getting ready for those, how would uh, how would you prepare? 
or what was your training? Um, pretty stage? much follow my coach, and so my my coach Matt he had um, kind of a a plan laid out. Nice. So first uh, thing in order was to get in shape. Um, so that's like a lot of cardio, and most yeah. of the cardio is what you need for. Yeah. Your, your first couple of amateur fights. Um, is that for you? Is that jump rope and running or what were you guys doing? Um, mostly running, long, long distance running. Um, yeah. And that was fine. Um, and then the, the camp was more about sharpening things that I was good at versus developing new things. And yeah. so we're, we're focusing a lot for me on like various kicks because I'm kind of like a kick specialist or that's like the main part of my game yeah um yeah. and also just like trouble points so um yeah things that w i would be likely to come across in a fight yeah and then so <clears throat> and this i guess compared to your normal training it probably was a lot more specific for the competition and probably a lot more cardio i imagine Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the intensity kind of ramps up. Um, and then there's like the weight management aspect to it as well. Yeah. Um, oh, man, cutting cutting weight is <laughs> no fun. It's not too bad, but... Um, not for you? Yeah, I, I walk around a bit heavier than I need to be, so... <laughs> yeah. I always have a little bit to, to work you know, on. You know, like, one of the things that our gym does, um, which I don't know why other gyms don't do, is like, we do a test weight cut. So you just do a weight cut before you need to versus like having your first oh. weight cut you with your first fight yeah yeah that's yeah. interesting and for the ones you were doing at that level were you guys weighing in like the day of uh day before day before oh that's nice you can hydrate at least yeah yeah so yeah i i'd say like normally my training like day to day outside of a fight camp is more focused on learning new things or doing things i'm bad at and then yeah. the stuff in the fight camp is, I mean, it could include that, but it's, it's really just like, what am I most likely to do and what am I most likely to deal with? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So very, very focused uh, mm -hmm. on, on that experience. Um, <clears throat> so when you go to do your fight, is there anything you do to like uh, kind of cool your nerves or keep yourself kind of focused like during the, right before the competition and all of that? Um. Generally, I try to chill out with people that I enjoy chilling out with. Yeah. Um, so friends, uh, my girlfriend, my coach, um, listen to music. So for me, like, um, just in general, when I'm in a bad mood or I'm feeling weird in general, like, I'll put on some kind of like heavy metal and things yeah. like that. And like, that calms me, which I don't know. Nice. That's kind of weird, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes like, you know, something uh high tempo can uh can do that. Um what do you think about what do you think is like the toughest part of like competition versus just being, you know, sort of uh uh as opposed to just sort of training at your martial art, what's the hard part of stepping up to the competing experience? Um, for me personally, it was literally just like the weight, like okay. the yeah. anticipation was very, oh, yeah. right. uh, 
the the fight day itself was annoying because you have to get there early and just kind of wait around yeah 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 I've done that for smokers where I had to sit for like three, four hours before it was my turn. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. I would say like going up to the competitions for me, I wasn't particularly nervous about my um, performance. Uh, Sometimes I would be nervous if I, you know, had some sort of injury or if I had like a rough day of sparring um, that I would have to stop or something like that, or I would feel it during the fight. Um, now it's different for everyone else um, for each person so some people like they really put a lot of pressure on themselves to do to perform well yeah Um, some people like the time commitment is a huge issue but for me it wasn't neither of those things were that big yeah do you have a a job or something that was able you were able to kind of work around your timing or or score or something like that uh yeah so um during the day, I'm a computer programmer, so I just kind of get to sit. Luckily, I don't need to do anything uh, physically strenuous during work, so. So you could kind of recover, recover at work. <laughs> yeah, I think the the only thing that my work kind of suffered from was like during the weight cut, um, like yeah. I had to water load, so you you drink a lot of water and then you taper it off. But um, at one point, you're wearing you're drinking like two gallons a day so i was just oh, like man. getting up a lot to pee yeah i bet yeah yeah um do you have any advice you offer for somebody who's preparing for their first fight yeah i would say um like cardio is number one like yeah. it kind of sucks but like if you have better cardio you're probably gonna win yeah i i've seen i've seen guys who were not that talented but amazing athletes just crush people who weren't didn't have the cardio there Mm -hmm. and then another thing is just like um simulating the fight and that doesn't mean like hard sparring all the time but um like if it's uh you know x minutes around um with like a certain rule set like yeah you know go towards that in training Um, right so don't don't be surprised so, right yeah i've heard this saying um train the way you fight so if you're fighting two and a half two minute rounds whatever train two minute rounds if you're gonna fight in headgear train in headgear like so right. everything is the same yeah, yeah that, makes, that makes a lot of and, sense and hopefully your your fight camp and your training environment is conducive to that um yeah so so one of the um some advice I got from a coaching clinic was uh, basically like each week um, treat your training as if you were like in a weightlifting program. So make it like pretty regimented, kind mm-hmm. of have like a progression. Um, so this fighter, um, Henry Cejudo, actually, he he would kind of divide his training into blocks of like, okay, this development work. This is like basically test like like in a software environment like i'm I'm going into like staging or test right so yeah uh, literally like he would practice his walkout and oh, okay yeah and like you know go into the ring and have that kind of mentality of like this is a day where like i feel like i'm competing yeah um so it's not just hard sparring all the time um but it but there has to be some component of like 
high pressure such that you're not surprised before this very stressful situation. Yeah, for sure. I think that you probably don't want to get it hard for the very first time in a competition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said you help some folks prepare for their fights. Uh, mm -hmm. I was wondering how, how that, how that goes and what kind of things you do. Yeah. So, um, a lot of it is pad work. A lot of it is, yeah. It's kind of like people management, really. It's it's like, okay, are they on top of their weight? Like, let's yeah. kind of schedule a check-in system so we can check the weight, see how they're feeling. Um, getting some sort of level of trust between me and the fighter so that if something goes wrong, they're not going to be nervous and, like, avoid telling me um right. at the same time like setting expectations so that they can't just like complain to me all the time because i don't really... <laughs> yeah yeah it helps to be um, accountable to somebody yeah um but yeah a lot of it is um the pad work watching them during sparring um, yeah. i think previous um prior to this year a lot of my fight preparation for other fighters was being an active sparring partner or something like that yeah and that's yeah. one level one way you can do it the other way you can do it is from a more coaching perspective where you're on the you're in the corner you know you record a video of them and you watch them and you see what they need to work on yeah uh, you know what they're good at what they're bad at and building like a communication vocabulary between you and your fighters so that in their corner when you're yelling something they can quickly process it okay yeah do what yeah, they need right. to do right because their mind's pretty busy yeah mm -hmm. so like one of the things that i that we tried this year was um practicing cornering which like normally when you're sparring and stuff in a gym environment no one's like as a dedicated corner like telling you right you, you just kind of have the peanut gallery <laughs> mm -hmm. watching yeah. right but it would just be like me on one guy the fighter the whole training session yeah and then i i kind of got to figure out like what words worked what words didn't yeah and then even the ones that didn't my fighter eventually learned you know what it meant yeah. and so that was um that was kind of a huge deal for me because um Prior to this, like we've been in situations where after the fight, maybe the performance could have been better. We talk about it. We're like, yeah, like you knew what to do, but like, like you weren't reminded at that time. Right. And, yeah. and this year when we had uh, one fight, it, it was like I was a puppet master. Like I was playing a video game where I would just say, oh, well, yeah. And the guy would do it. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. That's, you were talking about um, practicing cornering. That's, that's not a thing I had thought about necessarily. Like when I, whenever I cornered, I just kind of got thrown in, but it makes so much sense that you would, you would practice it. Uh, Cause it's like a skill in of its own, its own, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I'm uh, oh, sorry. You know, Coaching and pre prepping people for fights, I think a lot of um, people like tend to just like throw hard work at their fighter 
um, yeah. without necessarily thinking of like um, what they they could have to be successful during the fight, you know, and that's that's like an, a good corner, a good understanding of what they need to do, like that that discipline. Yeah, the discipline in martial arts is so often like implicitly developed versus like explicitly. Yeah. You know? So yeah. You'd mentioned also doing um, videos, like video of sparring and stuff. And uh, I've definitely experienced that too, being super helpful. Because I had this experience of thinking I was doing things and moving a certain way. And then you see a video of yourself later and it's like, wow, the way I was performing didn't line up with my mental image of what I was doing. And it was, yeah, I found it really useful for finding things I was doing wrong, dropping hands, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Are there um, common mistakes you see beginners making or, you know, people getting ready for fights and mistakes they might be making that you would point out? Yeah, I, I think like um, the biggest thing, especially for striking, is like fixating on moves. Um, mm -hmm. So like, oh, like I, I saw Israel Adesanya throw this really cool question mark kick. Like, let me like focus a lot of time on that well yeah like if you really think about like the cost benefit analysis of that like it's probably not gonna give you yeah to, to work on that um that or is working on like footwork or defense or uh, a sense of distance will give you a lot benefit yeah kind of the bread and butter stuff i've right. i've heard people describe that for new folks sometimes it's almost better to train less specific techniques so instead of having a million things in their head, you know, focus on like a handful of strikes they can execute well, you know, and, and, and work that in. Yeah, I, I, I really think like I could train someone with just like a jab and a low kick and then yeah. they, would, they could win a fight. Like, right. Um, if you could but, execute them well, yeah. Right. I, I think it's just like the general the general population like is going to get bored. So they really like cool moves. Um, yeah. They want to have a sense of progression and it's easy to have that when you have like a list of combinations to learn, yeah. right? Like five yeah. coolest combos. Yeah. Yeah. To throw yeah. In your fight. Um, I, I did see that when, when, when coaching, you know, with the level I was coaching at, people weren't using elbows in competition because it was kind of smokers, but we would, put some elbows into the training just because people really enjoyed it. You know, they, right. they wanted to learn it. And like you were saying, it, it kind of mixes up the, the experience a little bit. So they got something new, but I think when yeah. it came to fighter training, we would train them as they fought. So if they were fighting a fight that didn't use elbows, you know, we wouldn't put that into their drills. Right. And I think that, you know, novelty and fun definitely is, is important. Like you want to keep your, customer your student your fighter engaged um, yeah but in an age of social media and just like uh, striking sports in general like we suffer a lot from like move fixation i, I <laughs> trying to do the flashy stuff yeah not not even just flashy but just like i feel like that's the prime primary mode of learning that a lot yeah. of at least american gyms have is like okay guys today we're going to do a combination um yeah. and so that like every, everyone is comfortable throwing combos but when those combos don't land 
or you get hit, like it's unclear what to do because you don't have fundamentals. Yeah, right. It's not so prescribed. I can't do one, two, three, four, five if somebody interrupts me at three and then I have to figure out on my own in real time, what do I do now? Yeah. 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 I feel like sparring is great for that. Even like light sparring, you know, as opposed to just doing pad work to give you that ability to start responding in real time. And then if you catch yourself in a bad situation, finding a way to get yourself into a better situation. Um, yeah, definitely true. Uh, so, you know, given the name of pro tip, we're going to ask you for your, your pro tip for any aspiring or new, uh, martial artists. Yeah. Um, my specific pro tip, um, this is probably not like the number one advice I would give, but, um, yeah. something I feel like other people wouldn't say is, uh, watch fights and try to figure out why people got hit or taken down or submitted, uh, instead of like thinking about like, oh, Mike Tyson has a really good left hook and he KO'd this guy. Like, think about like, right. why did that guy get KO'd? Like, I what see. what could he have done? Right. Um, so I think that that will change a lot of things. That would change a lot of things for students um, who yeah. are more like fixated on moves, offense, and and not very mindful of what the other person's going to do. I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, I got a couple rapid-fire questions for you here, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, so one, uh, do you have a favorite martial artist? Um, it's hard That's to choose. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, I don't really play favorites, but for a long time, it was Fedor, Fedor Emelianenko. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you favorite favorite walkout song? Uh, I actually never got to walk out to a song that uh, I wanted. So uh, if, if I could. wanted... <laughs> I like they they asked for a walkout song, but they just didn't play it. So oh no! <laughs> um, if I had to walk out to a song now, it, it might be uh, um, "Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood" by Santa Esmeralda. Okay, I'll put a link in the uh, I'll put a link in the video description. <laughs> yeah, um, and. Favorite boxing glove? Um, I like my Top King bag gloves a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the bag gloves are fun. Yeah. Uh, and favorite exercise? Uh, honestly, not too much of an exercise guy, but um, yeah. I, I probably maybe... enjoy what's it called, like the the Olympic lift. Um, okay. The clean jerk, whatever. Clean jerk. Yeah. 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 The, that one is like, kind of fun. <clears throat> and then I guess the inverse is the least favorite exercise. Um, I would say just uh, straight push ups. I am not a big yeah. fan. Oh, yeah. A little boring. <laughs> Nice. Well, hey, thanks for talking to me. Uh, this has been great.